right, everybody, we're back. Uh, it's been two weeks since Evolution, and, uh, uh, you know, I am getting over this crazy bronchitis, and I'm here with Mike. What's up, Mike? What's up, Bears? And I'm just, I feel like shit. I'm coughing, but the show must go on, so I, yep. I hope you guys don't mind. You know, I, I may uh, cough into the mic every now and then. I'm doing my best. I got my water and my cough drop and all that shit, but... Evo was fantastic, and there was so much, uh, so many events that went on, and so much to talk about. And we got uh, later on in the show, we got uh, Rip and Just Frame James. Rip placed second in top eight, and Just Frame James, I believe, uh, he played. What did he Fifth place? place? Fifth place, yeah. And both law players, so hopefully we'll get a nice uh, three-dimensional idea of that character and talk about evolution all that shit um but before then as usual uh mike and i have all kinds of crap we want to uh complain about and talk shit about and all that stuff so we'll just get down to business as usual um first things first i want to just really uh commend the whole evo and level up staff for running an unbelievable uh fantastic tournament i mean so getting, oh, go ahead. I mean, getting through like a two thousand man Street Fighter Street Fighter Four tournament in a day. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yes, it is on time, on time. Yeah, on time. That's yeah, I mean, crazy. and it's not only that. You know, when I got to when I first walked in the Evo Hall, I've I've had that moment several times. That first step you take into the Evo Hall. I've been to every Evo, so, but this time it was just so different because i mean it looked like you know kiss was gonna go on stage they had a crazy <laughs> stage with with lights and they had all this crazy shit going on and it was just like it wasn't like evo it was just like something new it was so uh it was like a business type of thing but yet yeah. when you go to the top of the po totem pole you're gonna find the cannon brothers and you're gonna find mr wizard and the srk staff you're not gonna find some douchebag who's never gonna, never played a fighting game before and he's just in it for a fucking dr pepper uh you know endorsement <laughs> you know i mean he's it, these are this is a this is a fighting game tournament ran by the community by the players and it really is just fantastic and i had a great time and there's a bunch of evo related things we want to talk about um there were so many, as far as Tekken goes, there were so many crazy upsets and, you know, unpredictable matches where you were... There was a lot of upsets in, like, other games, too, like Justin Wong not making top eight in Street Fighter Four. Yes, pretty crazy, too. Those matches where he lost are both available online, and they are just crazy. I mean, yeah, that guy really from Taiwan, add-on player from Taiwan, that guy was amazing. He made top eight, and Van Geef also did really well. Yeah, sick. Sick Eve. <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, and in Tekken as well, uh, several upsets and really uh, good performances from people who maybe haven't um, performed that well in the past. It was like, you know, their time to shine and a nice, diverse top eight. Uh, um, pretty you really could, Yeah, you couldn't have predicted this. Like, no one could have called this top eight out. It was, uh, it was pretty interesting to see yeah. the results here. All, all good players uh, and, and kind of... Uh, you didn't expect it, you know, like we said. So I, w I had a great time. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, just as any other tournament, you know, small or big, it's very hard to run a completely flawless tournament. So there were some hiccups, uh, one of which being that uh, during the tournament, they decided that they were going to um, ban 
wireless controllers. Just like last minute, they decided that they were going to ban wireless controllers because of many people hitting the home button during matches, and it was like it was it was becoming a problem. So they were like, you know, fuck this. Uh, and if nobody's going to desync their controllers, we're just going to ban it. And a lot yep. of people backlashed and complained. And I personally don't give a shit because I use arcade sticks. But yep. you know, people complained, and they were like, last minute, they were they were like, okay, you know what? Just desync your shit after every match. We have designated uh, PlayStations for you to desync your controllers. So they did everyone a favor, and and they allowed them. And uh, some drama happened because uh, Mr. Core from Texas played on uh, the stream on the stage. He ended up not desyncing his controller. He just turned it off. And when he played at a later station, he hit the home button and interrupted a game that was going on on the big screen um, on the stream. And as soon as that shit happened, uh, one of the Cannon brothers came up to me and he was like, who did this? Because I was watching the whole time and I was like, I think, you know, I think Core was playing because uh, his opponent was using a stick. So I think it was Core. And then so he was pissed. I mean, those guys don't fuck around, you know, tournament directors at EVO, this ain't a yeah. joke. So he was like, come with me, go, going over to Core, and he's like, Core's DQ'd, and he, and he says it over the, over the PA system, uh, you know, Core, you're DQ'd. So everyone's like, holy shit, one of the best Tekken players is DQ'd, and he goes up to Core, and, you know, they, they have a conversation. I didn't want to get involved, you know, I don't work for EVO. I'm just a player. I didn't want to get involved. And Core ends up telling him, you know, this and that. I, I wasn't there during the announcement. And, you know, he decides that, okay, we're going to dock a match from him. We're not going to DQ him. And, you know, um, people are complaining about that, saying, oh, it was favoritism. And if it was just some random, you know, Johnny douchebag or whatever, there's no way they would have let him get away with that. But because it was Core, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I mean, though that may be true in, to some extent, I mean, come on, let's keep it real, dude. This is America. I mean, how much, you know, how much time you think fucking Lindsay Lohan is going to do in jail? <laughs> it, it happens everywhere, you know? This is the, yeah. the real world. You know, I mean, I, whether you agree with it or not, you have to accept that, you know, high-profile uh, players are going to get some favoritism here yeah, and there. And the bottom line is, you know, the the Cannon Brothers are the tournament directors, and what they say goes. They are yeah. dictators of what happens. So he made a judgment call, and it, you know what he says goes. And I'm not taking any sides, but you know it's unfortunate that it happened. The lesson to be learned here is just fucking desync your shit. I mean, Jesus, it's not rocket science. Everyone that plays on a on a wireless pad, you have a responsibility to uphold. Just yep. desync your controllers. Uh, I mean, put a post-it on the back of your controller. <laughs> put it on the back of your hand. Do something. It's not that hard, you know. And and if you do that, and we don't have these problems, there's never going to be an issue with banning wireless controllers. But now it's like this big drama that's happening. So whatever. But then, thankfully, like uh, when he did hit the home button, at least it wasn't like in an important clutch situation part of the match. At least yeah. it was like beginning of the round. No one even landed a hit yet, so it wasn't too big of a deal. So. Yeah, in that case. But, I mean, that's, you know, that's irrelevant. It could have easily been in the top eight grand final. Yeah. It could have been a catastrophe, you know. So, you know, just desync your controllers. I mean, let's keep... People 2008. Yeah. Serious. Exactly. Uh, Riot <laughs> Heart. Desync your fucking controllers. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, just desync them. So, uh, 
I wanted to, before we go on talking about the rest of the shit that happened to Evo, at EVO, I want to really give a big shout out to the Level Up crew for running a fantastic stream. I mean, they did such a good job. And I understand there was a little hiccup in the end where the uh, stream went down and a computer crashed at the very end during Grand Finals for Super Street Fighter 4. And I mean, you know, shit like that happens. There's nothing you could do about it. I mean, it's fucking technology. What are you going to do about it? It just breaks yeah. sometimes. So it doesn't matter. That is completely irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the 40 plus hours of great entertainment you provided to over like 40,000 people I heard or 50,000 people were on this watching the stream so yeah. that's just unbe unbelievable for free so big shout out to Level yeah, for free that's crazy yeah, before exactly. you, if you weren't there before you weren't there there was no stream before you had to go buy a DVD like after yeah, a year exactly and you buy a DVD after a fucking year give me a break so this you know big shout out to Potato Head and Shin JN and all the guys uh, running that whole stream, it was fantastic, and um, that moves me to this G4 TV coverage of Evolution. Now, I understand G4 TV had a, a thing on TV about Evolution. I didn't get to watch it yet. I'm trying to catch it, but I watched I this tonight in a little bit. So, is it really? We better finish this shit up soon. Um, <laughs> I don't even have G4 TV, so whatever, fuck that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they have this show, I think, on the Internet called Feedback, and I watched this show, and it's, uh, you know, the people there are kind of like... Uh, it's like a talk show, and yeah. it's like, they sit down, like, in a little group, and they all talk to each other about the past event or whatever, and this happened to be Evo 2K10, so... Yeah, exactly, and um, these people are obviously, like, gamers uh, of some sort, Um and they start talking about Evo and how great it was and all the camaraderie and the competitiveness and all that stuff. And obviously they don't really know exactly what they're talking about. They're talking about tier lists and stuff like that. Yeah. And to the, to the average random person watching, they'd be like, okay, cool, these guys are pretty knowledgeable. And, you know, to the, you know, legitimate fighting game player, you kind of smell the bullshit and you're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, this guy's, this guy's you know, doing his job. And he's trying to appear like he knows what he's talking about, which is fine. And I have nothing against that. But something really rubbed me the wrong way on that show. When one of the chicks on the show, um, she was talking about how she wasn't able to make it to Evo, but she was watching the stream. And she was, like, saying how all the guys that's, that were there, they were like, oh, it was so great. Everyone was so friendly. And there was all this camaraderie and stuff. But on the stream, she, she I think verbatim she said something like watching the stream was one of the most sexist racist and homophobic, homophobic. things i've ever experienced <laughs> in my life it was uh, like she's just complaining about this like you know uh, it's a terrible thing and that comment right there is is really what uh, rubbed me the wrong way because let me tell everyone listening to this and and hopefully this includes this girl I, it probably doesn't but hopefully it does homophobia, sexism, and racism go hand-in-hand hand with fighting games. I mean, the arcade culture comes directly from shit-talking. I mean, it, yep. it's just a direct result. Every top-level fighting game player in any fighting game reached that level from the drive to beat someone who's talking shit and to be able to talk shit to them. And this, yeah. is, this is not a hostile type of racism or sexism or uh, homophobia. No, Nobody go, you know, I talk shit all the time ab about everyone. And I'm never going to go out and beat some guy to death for being gay. I'm gay myself. 
You know, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, what she does, she has no idea what she's talking about. And and you know, uh, this uh, I saw this post on I Play Winner, and I'm actually looking at the page right now. And the thing that really was a refreshing, like a breath of fresh air, is when I scrolled down to read the comments. Uh, this guy's like, "Don't bother watching this. It's a total waste of time. These idiots have no idea what the fuck they're talking about." And that is a fact. I agree with that. <laughs> I mean. Give me a break, dude. Come on. Fighting games? I mean, it's all about trash talk. It's all about insulting your opponent, but then at the end of that, shaking their hand. I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's exactly what, you have, like, a lot of the top players now have gone through. You know, people back then were like, oh, you're trash. You're not getting anywhere. You scrub. Don't even bother playing. And that gives them the drive to get better. Exactly. I mean, it's just motivation. It's a form of motivation that, that was born in the arcade. And I really... The, the thing is that... Um, this whole corporate attachment to fighting games and the mainstream uh, the approach the, to mainstream fighting games, the unfortunate thing is that the people who come in, like from executives from like MLG or G4 TV or these these you know whatever Dr Pepper or whatever, they don't know what they don't know where we came from and they don't know why we do the things we do. Yeah. So they come in with all this money, and they're throwing money at Street Fighter or Tekken or whatever, and they don't. And then they hear someone go, "Oh, that guy's a homo." They don't realize where we're coming from. It's not like I'm gonna burn that guy to death or drown him for being a homo. You know, I mean, it's, he's my buddy, dude. I'm. I, I call my best friends in the fighting game community homos and the worst possible names. But yeah. you know, it's it's it, that's a form of camaraderie in the arcade community that I think these. Um, the top of the totem pole guys in this corporate fighting game uh, scene, they don't understand that. And yeah. uh, it's unfortunate. And there's really not much I could do about it other than say that. Um, it's just unfortunate because once you take that away, once you take the trash talk away, it's like taking away the heart of com competitive fighting games. I mean, yeah. That's, that's like the one thing, too, about uh, Street Fighter that kind of bothered me for a little while because, like, a lot of Street Fighter players are like relatively really new to fighting games. I mean, Street Fighter 4 was probably their first game. And then when I was playing it for a while, I was like, man, this shit is way too gay. Like everyone's like buddy buddy shaking hands, giving yeah. hugs. I'm like, what is this shit? I don't want to play this shit anymore. <laughs> no one's like, all... get good that way, dude. <laughs> Give me a break, <laughs> dude. It's all like flowers and butterflies and like rainbows. That's what I'm talking about, man. Let me tell you, when I first started going to uh, Southern Hills Golfland, everyone used to call me Garbage Can. They were like, hey, there's Garbage Can. You, you know, I mean, that's how it was. Nobody knew who I was. I'm like this 14-year-old kid walking into, uh, um, you know, Southern Hills. Hey, there's Garbage Can again. And, you know, that's what gives you the drive to be like, you know, who the fuck is this guy? And you end up talking shit to him, and then you become pals, and boom, those pe those same people calling me garbage can when I was 14 years old. I'm 25 years old now, 26 years old now, and they're my best friends now. I mean, that is a fact. You know, so this is, this is what I mean. They have to understand that shit talking and uh, all this insulting and stuff, it goes hand in hand. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but I really didn't like hearing that from that, that broad on that show. So, anyway... <laughs> Um, another significant thing that happened at EVO was Mr. Harada-san and his uh, translator, Mr. Michael Murray, were uh, present for the Tekken Finals. Now, that's fantastic, and it's really cool that they were there, but the, really, uh, the thing that really got me, uh, hit me at home is that, you know, I've met these guys before. They're really nice, cool, uh, professional guys, and 
um, when I saw Mr. Uh, Harada and Michael Murray, I walked up to them, shook their hand, and the first thing they said to me is, you know, we're a fan of the podcast, and we listen to your uh, show, and uh, we're listening to you, and we hear what you say about practice mode, and we get the point. And they said all these encouraging things that I really did not expect from someone so high as the producer of the very game I'm talking about. You know, it, it really... Um, it really was uh, important to me that they said that, and it means a lot to me. And, you know, uh, we talked and, you know, shot the shit, and there was a lot of joking going on. And I actually asked Mr. Uh, Michael Murray if he would like to come on the show uh, as a guest, and we could uh, present him with questions for himself and Harada-san. I mean, unfortunately, Harada speaks uh, only Japanese. He doesn't speak English, so I can't really interview him until I get my Rosetta Stone and shit. But, uh... <laughs> You know, uh, we can have questions uh, for Harada and Michael Murray about their uh, next game or about previous games and stuff like that. And he said he would come on the show. So, I mean, I almost filled my pants with crap when I heard that. I was just so excited. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a pretty big one. I, mean, I know, really. Tekken producers coming on the show. No yeah. shit. I know, man. I know. And we got clowns like James and Rip on today. So that's a, <laughs> that's a serious step up. No, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, I'm very pleased about that. So... I'm thinking that I'm going to save that interview for uh, when they announce the next Tekken, which should be really soon. Uh, I heard at Comic-Con or, you know, it's going to be soon. So after they announce the next Tekken, we're going to have a shitload of crazy questions for him and Harada. And so, I mean, yeah, that's fantastic. Michael Murray is going to be a future guest on Avoiding the Puddle. Can you believe that shit? So, yeah, anyway, that's that. And that kind of moves us into the big announcement of, you know, uh, Namco versus... Capcom and Capcom versus Namco. versus Namco, just like just like the CVS and SVC series. Yeah, um, it's still a rumor they're saying, but it's pretty much like it seems like it's the deal is sealed on it because Game Informer is one of those magazines that really gets the first scoop even before the internet gets it on yeah. uh, games, and this is where it's coming from. Game Informer uh, unveiled this, so two games being developed, one one by Capcom. Uh, one by Namco. Is, yeah, one by Namco. One's going to be on the Street Fighter 4 engine. The other one's going to be the Tekken engine. This is all rumors, but it's what it seems like. So, very interesting. I'm very interested in it, and, you know, we'll see how it pans out. Um, yeah, I'll, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about it, too, though. I was like, will this help join the two communities, or would it, like, just keep it separated like it always has been? Like, the Street Fighter players will just play... Capcom versus Namco, and while the Tekken guys will just play Namco versus Capcom, you know? You see, the thing is that, you have to remember this, Mike, um, the people, like, let's say, okay, there was 3,000 people total at EVO, right? That's 3,000 copies of whatever game, but I'm talking millions, and in the millions department, when random dudes are walking around at the store, as soon as they see this shit, a 3D game with Ryu in it, they're gonna shit their pants, and as soon as they see a Street Fighter 2 style game with fucking Jin and Hihachi in it, they're going to shit their pants too. And this is what I was talking about a couple episodes ago, having that big hitch to, like, catch you and, and make uh, you want to yeah. buy the game, you know? And that's it, you know? I told you Versus games are popping right now. and They are. Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom 3 is coming yeah. out next year too. Exactly. So, I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea. Whether or not the games turn out to be good or not, I mean, that will be... Uh, we'll decide that in the future when we play them. But as mm -hmm. far as an idea, it's a fantastic idea for fighting games in general because many, many people will be interested in uh, these games. And... Um, 
it will spawn new fans of fighting games, which is what we need. So before we move on, real quick though, you know it's it's kind of interesting because like it's not Street Fighter versus Tekken or Tekken versus Street Fighter. It's Capcom and Namco. Yeah, so, I mean, well, I mean, so this is again, this, this is the rumor. We don't know, we don't know for a fact. So who knows? It could be Capcom, it could be Namco, or it could be Tekken. We're not sure of this yet, but it's it's going to be something of this sort. It seems. And but if it was just Namco, people like I heard from people speculating that if it was just Namco versus Capcom or something, mm-hmm. it would be like fucking Dragon Ball Z characters and like Naruto <laughs> shit. Well, so. I certainly hope not, personally, because that stuff's really gay. But you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, whatever, dude. I just like I said before, I'll just wait till they announce it officially, and you know, I'll make my speculations then. Right now. All we know is, you know, another thing that kind of hints at this being true is uh, at EVO, after the Tekken Top 8, yeah. Arata and Ono on stage. A huge had, conversation. Yeah, this long, like, random conversation where they're arguing with each other and talking shit, and they're, like, insulting each other, like, yo, why don't you have a game to unveil here? Why did you just show up right now? Blah, blah, blah. And it was like, at the time, it was like, what are these two guys doing, you know? But... <laughs> Now it's like, oh, these guys are fucking geniuses, dude, sending out hints and shit, you know? Yep. So, that's cool. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It seems like that's how it's going to be, so we'll see. Um, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about before we move on. I get a ton of emails, and I get a ton of people, you know, asking me questions and stuff, and I will almost never do, like, a specific shout-out to one person who sends me an email, but this guy um, from Norway sent me an email. His name is uh, MacGyver, I think. I hope I'm pronouncing it right, but MacGyver from Norway. First of all, I'm a big fan of Norway because it's the land of black metal, so I really like Norway, but MacGyver had this fantastic idea, which I completely agree with. He said that he thinks, in his opinion, the next Tekken game should include an extremely intensive tutorial mode from the ground all the way up to high, high-level tactics. Now, if you consider how much time they spent on Scenario Campaign in Tekken 6, if they spent all that time creating a, a mode that kind of incorporates the stuff that, Mike, the stuff that you did with Rip and uh, True um, in the level, your, level Up Your Game videos, if it starts at that level, explaining every mechanic of the game, of the system, and all that stuff, started there and moved all the way up to expert tactics, expert movement, expert uh, combos, and all that stuff. If they made a mode like that, I mean, that would be so good for everyone. It would teach new players how to play. Old players would be satisfied with, you know, something that's important rather than something that's unimportant, like Scenario Campaign. And, you know, it's just, I thought it was a fantastic idea Overall, it'll be a really good. Uh, it'll be a really good reference too. Like if they got down to like character specifics and someone need to learn a matchup. Yes, or something to absolutely. The the possibilities here right. are endless. I mean, you know, it's there's there's so much you could do with it, and I thought it was a fantastic idea. And another thing that stood out in this email is. Um, at the end of the email, he was like, "Oh, one day I hope to uh, go to Evo myself and challenge you with my Marduk," and then. In parentheses, he says, yeah, that's right, I'm calling you a bitch. So I, I was like, all right, this guy from Norway is calling me a bitch. All right, I'll give him a shout-out. So anyway, big shout-out to MacGyver. I think it's a great idea, and I'm calling you a bitch, MacGyver. You're a bitch. Anyway, so um, before we move on to the interviews we got with uh, James and Rip, 
Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about really quick, um, I get a lot of emails, like I said, and it seems like everyone out there is having a really hard time breaking throws. Everyone is just hitting me up, like, give me tips on breaking throws. I'm not good at breaking throws, etc., etc. And, you know, I, I mean, other than explaining to you exactly how throws work, I don't know what else I could tell you. So uh, that's what I want to kind of go over. Um, there's this guy on the forums, his name is Noodles, and he is literally like the myth buster of Tekken. I yeah, mean, yeah, he is. <laughs> that guy is a huge asset to the Tekken community, and he has a programmable stick, and with this programmable stick, he's done all the break window data for all the throws. And it turns out that every throw in Tekken has a 14, is it? 14 frame throw break window, yeah. Frames... Uh, let's see. A uh, regular throw, which is 1 plus 3 and 2 plus 4, takes 12 frames to connect, right? So from 0 to 12, it's animating. It connects at 12, and on the 13th frame, you cannot break it. So at that frame, it's you can't do anything about it. And then on the 14th to 28th frame, which is a window of 14 frames, you can input your break. So you, think of it that way. Um, what's happening is a 12-frame throw is coming out, and then after the 13th frame, which is when the throw is initiated, you have 14 frames to break it. And that's really important to understand. Now, the myth was that throws like Armor King and King's Giant Swing or... Shining Wizard. Yeah, Shining Wizard or Mad Axes or other throws of that sort um, were harder to break. That was a myth going on in Tekken forever. Yeah, they were saying that it had a shorter window to break, but yeah. oh, exactly. it turned out to not be true. <laughs> exactly. It turned out to not be true. And this goes all the way back to TAG, which he tested in TAG. Just for the fuck of it, this guy spent hours testing in TAG and all this shit. Those throws, they seem harder to break because they're the faster. Wi- they're faster. They impact in 10 frames instead of 12. So what that does is the final... Uh, frame to break the throw, which should be frame 28, becomes frame 26. So, because it's two frames faster, it's two frames harder to break at the end of the window. So, moral of the story is, regardless of the throw, if it's Law's uh, throw where he runs up, you know, how do you do that? Forward 1 plus... Forward 2 plus 3. Forward 2 plus 3. If it's Law's forward 2 plus 3, or uh, long-range standard throws, or regular throws, or mad axes, giant swing doesn't matter what the throw is, it's always going to have a 14-frame break window. Break. Exactly. Now, the other thing I can say to people who are trying to, uh, who are ha- struggling at breaking throws, um, Mr. Rip, he's coming on the show later, and he has a throw break trainer. I mean, if you're at work or wherever you're at, I mean, you can just put it on your computer, go to his website, and just search, search for Rip's throw break trainer, right, Mike? Yeah, I believe so. It'll come up. Yeah, and, and you know it's really good because all it does is ju- it just randomly has the opponent throw throw you, and you just succeed or fail over and over again, and you get. Yeah, he made it into like a kind of a mini game too. Like yes. you have like chickens as life and stuff. You have like three lives. If you if you lose a break, you one of your chickens goes away. So if you miss three throw breaks, you die basically. Yeah. Or you could just play it like non game mode or something. You could just play it infinitely just to help you practice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's really good. I mean, overall, or you could do the same thing in, uh, you know, practice mode, 
But, I mean, it's good to, when you're training for throw breaks, it's good to incorporate other moves, too. Don't just, like, put two throws and see how many times you can break the throws. The point is that you don't know a throw's coming. You have to incorporate other moves, other mids, and other different jabs and shit, so that not only do you realize that, okay, this is a one throw or this is a two throw, but you also realize that it's a throw in the first place. I mean... Some people, they, when when you throw them, it's like they jump out of their seat like they've never seen a fucking throw before in their lives. You know, you have to be able to register that it's it, first of all that you just got thrown. Then, yeah. which hand did you get thrown by? And so that's another tip. Um, one other tip: I think every character in the game that has a standard stance stands in a southpaw stance, which yep. is with I'm sorry, not southpaw, right? Regular. Oh, yes. Yeah, Regular stance, I don't know what it's called. But. So, so it's left hand is forward, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, so left hand is forward and right hand is back on most characters. So if they pivot their shoulder towards you and the right hand moves forward, that, that's how you know it's a two throw. And if the, if the left hand, which is initially in front, if that one moves forward, that's how you know it's a one throw. I mean, that's the only real tip I could give people other than just practice and don't just focus on breaking a certain throw, but focus on breaking throws in terms of registering, okay, this is a fucking throw. It's time to break it. I mean, that's yeah. key. That's first. I mean, there's like a couple interesting things, too. Like, uh, I've seen people that have used Rip's throw break trainer, and it's like number one on the list and has like over a thousand throw breaks yeah. or some shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like when they go into, and then I see him play in real life, and I'm like, they never break a single throw in a match. That's because they're only looking for throws yeah. and throw break trainer and not looking for anything else. Exactly. It's unfortunate that Rip's throw break trainer will only take you so far. It's actually it's good to uh, use practice mode first and incorporate mm-hmm. other attacks in defensive training, and that way you can learn to register that it was a throw. And once you have that kind of uh, down, then you can move to the throw break trainer and then you can start breaking one or two or one plus two, rather than uh, realizing that you've been thrown in the first place. So, I mean, it's really important. And you're one of the best uh, throw breakers I've ever played, Mike. I mean, you're really good at it. And Well, I could give you guys my secret. I mean, it's not too hard what I've used to do, but... Uh, Ingest like... tons of semen before every tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. definitely not. <laughs> okay, what is it? Um... Alright, so like basically what I do is just go into uh, practice mode, go into uh, defensive training, pick whatever character you want, and then pick against Ganryu. Okay. And then uh, select his 1 plus 3, 2 plus 4, and his 4 4 1 plus 4 throw. Uh-huh. And then the good part about picking Ganryu is that all his throws, if you break it, it leaves you right next to him. So like the next throw will be in throw range again. You don't have to run up or anything. Interesting. And even if you're knocked down and get up, you're still in throw range. And the cool part is is that if you break his one throw, uh-huh. he'll flip you uh, to the other side, and then you could get practice on both sides, 1P and 2P. Okay. And uh, his 4-4, four, 1-plus-4 four, four throw, which is his 1-plus-2 break throw, mm-hmm. um... If you get if you don't break it, you're still left standing. You're not knocked down. So another throw is going to be coming right away, and the camera is kind of turned off axis a little bit. Uh-huh. So the camera's still catching up, but then the next throw is coming out, and then it's kind of hitting because like the camera's still catching up. So Interesting. You kind of get a uh, practice with uh, off axis throws and all that stuff. Too. Wow. All right, you really thought this through. I, I I like that, and that's that's definitely a great strategy. I mean, the only advice, like I said, I mean, you got to practice and. You know, don't just practice against uh, 
the the practice mode, you got to practice against people, and you got to break throws when you're nervous and break throws in tournaments and stuff. So it's the only real way to do it. Everyone does it. Um, just you know, everyone listening, good luck with that. And uh, just uh, before we move on to the interview, I'm gonna have a three-way call with uh, Mr. Just Frame James and Rip, who did very well at Evo. Before we move on to that, I want to really thank everyone who stopped me at Evo because I couldn't I couldn't take fucking five steps at Evo without someone coming up to me and saying they listen to the podcast and they really like uh you know what I have to say and you know all that stuff. I really appreciate the encouragement because you know Mike and I we don't get paid shit for this and we just do it yep. because we we enjoy talking shit and we enjoy you know you know, telling it like it is, and we keep it real and stuff, so, uh, I, I really appreciate all the positive feedback I got at Evo, and, um, everyone listening to, uh, this podcast, I, you know, uh, a big thanks to you guys, and, uh, it's really cool because a lot of the people listening to the podcast have never even played Tekken before, they're just a bunch of fighting game fans, enthusiasts, the Virtual Fighter, VFDC, <laughs> the thread is at, like, 14 pages, because they were oh, so pissed shit. at what we said, <laughs> Uh, on the very first episode, <laughs> shout out to all those guys and their terrible logic and their, uh, you know, their, you know, all that stuff. I really, I appreciate, if you hate the show, if you like the show, it doesn't matter. If you're listening, I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to keep them coming. Uh, anyway, so uh, we're just going to move on to my three-way. It's going to be extra romantic with uh, <laughs> Rip and James. And we're just going to move on to that. Oh. Alright everybody, I'm here with two legendary law players. These two guys did phenomenally at Evolution, and I'm having a little romantic three-way with these two. So uh, I'd like to welcome on Mr. Rip and What's Mr. Up, Just Frame James. How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. How's it going, Harris? It's going great, man. Thank you guys for coming on. And uh, this is the first time I've done a three-way interview, so hopefully it <laughs> works out smoothly. But, uh, I mean, let's let's just get started, man. Both of you guys did so well, and uh, obviously both of you guys are phenomenal law players, and you've, you've done so much from the beginning of your careers as Tekken players till now. And Evolution being one of the biggest tournaments, I mean the biggest tournament in America, you guys performed phenomenally. Rip, you placed second, and James, you placed fifth. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yep. and both of you guys did so well. And I, I just want to, uh, before we move on to in depth law discussion, I want to uh, find out exactly how your roads to top eight went. Uh, and I'll start with you, James. Uh, where, wh- How did you end up at top eight? I mean, what players did you run into, and what were some of your matches? Okay, uh, I believe I was in pool I when I started. Uh, the first player I played, he was a, uh, a Kuma player. Uh-huh. And, um,. I, I don't remember his name because I don't, you know, players I don't know. I usually don't remember their names. Yeah, I'll forgive you. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really close, and he almost beat me. And I got <laughs> lucky with like a few things, like down two three, and <laughs> won me the game. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I guess I'm a little rusty or something. Uh, then I played, so I played him. I played a, a Kazuya player, mm-hmm. and then I played Sukin. Okay. And, oh, now we're talking. All right, go on. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, that was a really tough match. Uh, he was actually ahead of me by a round. Um, 
by a game and maybe a few rounds. So pretty much I was like gonna die. And then uh, like uh, same thing with like Nin. Uh, I got two wall of stages. <laughs> yeah. And I turtled and somehow I pulled through. Yeah, I mean uh, you 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 came so close to beating Nin and everyone was really excited because your style is so unique and aggressive and you know I, I don't know it just seemed like he wasn't prepared for you and uh yeah I mean who, who ended up uh, who were the two players that ended up beating you other it was Nin and someone else Nin and um the Julia Devil Jim Oh yeah Devil Jim from uh Texas very strong Julia player yeah. kind of came out of nowhere so I mean, yeah, you had a great run, and everyone was really happy to see you. Did you? Who else did you play on the stream on the big stage, other than top eight? I mean, other than top eight, uh, I don't like Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I played Kane. Uh, he's I, not important enough to remember. <laughs> I hear you. Oh man, um, Kane and uh, I believe there was someone else, but I can't. <laughs> there was someone else in the top sixteen he played. I don't remember. Well, who was it? Oh man, I don't know. It's someone before Kane. <laughs> Whoever that person is is gonna be so fucking pissed at you for not remembering them. I, I know, I know. It's so horrible. Well, uh, whoever that is, uh, sorry, not important <laughs> enough for James to remember you. <laughs> anyway, oh man. And now, <laughs> good job, James. And now, uh, Rip, uh, tell me about your road to top eight and how how you got there. Who you played? Well, you know, I had. Uh, it, it looked like it was going to be a really hard pool because I had like the Harry Potter guy from Italy and I had Fighting GM and I had uh, Ling Master and Ricky Ortiz and whatever. And of course, Cynic. You know, these guys from SoCal were people that scared me the most, actually. Yeah. But, um, you know, when it came time to play, like it seemed like everyone who I thought was going to be a hard matchup they ended up losing right before I had to play them. Or not so, you know, showing up, right? I mean, right, Rick, exactly. Ling Master didn't play, Ling Master didn't play. So. Ling Master didn't come to Evo. You know, yeah. he was in the pool, though. And uh, Ricky Ortiz, for whatever reason, he was, he was at Evo, but he didn't come to Tekken. Mm -hmm. And I think I heard somebody said that the day before, you know, whatever. He just decided not to come. So long story short, my pool was pretty easy. I mean, um, I played a Lily player. I don't know who it was. Um, someone from NorCal, I think. And then that, oh, that was. I think yeah. I know who it was. Uh, Orochi from NorCal. I think that's who it was, right? I have no idea. I'm gonna say uh, it, Tim. Go on. All right. Uh, sorry if it's not Orochi. Oh. But um, after that, I played. Um, who was it? Man, you guys are really good at this. Oh, I played I played the Armor King guy who beat GM. Oh, yeah. demonic <laughs> toy, the demonic legend. <laughs> and he, he actually almost beat me. It was terrifying. <laughs> that guy That guy had such a crazy performance. I played him at Strong Style and you know, he asked me for some tips and stuff and he ended up deucing out GM and almost beating you as you just put it. Yeah. I mean, my match with him was final round, final match, <laughs> double rage. You know what I mean? And I got lucky. My it was it was crazy, but yeah. um, close match, super close match. And then I had to play Paris from Seattle, I think Washington, mm -hmm. and he made it to winners final in my pool. Um, you know that's where I played him, and he just smashed me in the first match like three to zero. And I was like, well, crap. And you know he had headphones in, and so I, I went to talk to him because that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I was like, three zero, that was pretty good, man. And then like I beat him like six zero after that. So yeah, <laughs> you know. okay, okay. And then yes, so um. After that, I had to play, you know, Tokido, um, yeah, went right. out of the pools, and I was not happy with the way that match went. You know, he ended up beating me right there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had to beat uh, Way Gamble to um, get into the top eight. And when that also was a match that I didn't expect to be so close, but uh, it was a really good match. And I, I wish that was online. I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Yeah, I don't think all of the matches are available, or at least I haven't found them yet, but top eight is available. Um, who else did you play in top eight? 
In the top eight? Yeah. Well, in the top eight, I started with Crow. Uh-huh. You know, um, obviously, I went in that kind of scared because, you know, two-time champ, whatever. For sure. Um, and then that went pretty well. It looked like he wasn't prepared at all for Law. Uh-huh. Uh, he looked like he froze up in the match, too, so I just started taking advantage of it. Interesting. And then I played um, Tokido. I got that rematch. Uh-huh. Uh, and that went a lot better this time, I thought. Uh, apparently, I was the only person who didn't know that I was working on a triple perfect, so <laughs> props to me. Yeah, and you then, were. Uh, awesome. Awesome. After that, uh, my heart was broken when James lost to Devil Jim. <laughs> and yeah. I, was, I was totally preparing to play James. I was like, all right, James got this guy. It's going to be La La Evo. It's going to be sick. And then it didn't happen, so I was sad. But then I played Devil Jim, you know, and uh, after that was Naps. Yeah, that's true. Um, now tell me this. Uh, speaking of Naps, um, while you were playing, once you got to Naps, you were just all fun and games. You were bouncing around in your seat, and you were really smiling and having a good time. And a lot of people have criticized you, saying that, you know, if you hadn't gotten so silly at the end, you could have stood a better chance against Nin. I mean, what's your, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you feel like you kind of lost your composure, and you were so excited that you weren't able to perform, or what? Um, you know, I, I really don't think so. I mean, mm-hmm. looking back, I mean, I've watched the matches a bunch now, just, you know, because I like to analyze my gameplay like that. Mm-hmm. And in the match with Devil Jim, I was actually pretty focused, and it was only that third match, uh, maybe... I think the third round or something when, you know, the second round I did that fake flip in the beginning of the round and I did yeah. hit him with the handspring. Uh-huh. And then the next round started off exactly the same way and I couldn't even believe that he was doing, repeating the same moves. So I, I lost it at that point, you know, I was laughing. Um, and so I lost my train of thought there and I lost the next two rounds because of it, you know. So mm. looking back at it, you know, I almost I almost blew that match. But, yeah. uh, but you know, I pulled through after that and then that final round of that match, you know, I came back and I pulled my game together. And I executed. And then when I played Naps, you know, I, I felt like I was back in my game, you know. And I don't really think that that affected me going to Nin. Um, what did affect me, though, going to Nin, I think, was just that I went into it with just totally the wrong mindset. Like, I went in there thinking, this guy knows exactly what I'm going to do. You know, I really have a bad chance against him. You know, I'm going to try to play differently than I've been playing against him in the past, uh, just see. to throw him off. And, you know, all those things worked against me. And... Watching the the videos again, just my set with Nin, I mean, I realized, you know, I was getting hit by, like, the dumbest things, you know, and, like, all of his, um, like, he was doing the down two string with the third hit that's high. Yeah. And I was just executing my wild standing two way too early. So I was counter hitting myself by punishing <laughs> it so early. I was like, I think I was just nervous, you know, and I think that was oh, the well, only match yeah. that I was really nervous in. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, as I said earlier, James, I mean, you, you did so phenomenally against... I mean, he's pretty. People are calling him the Daigo of Tekken, and <laughs> you did so well against him. I mean, it really looked like you were gonna beat him at one point, and I be, I couldn't believe it. What were you thinking when you played against Nin? Um, well, pretty much, kind of like Rip. Like, I I I, I knew because from playing. Um, you guys know who Tim is. Like, I played his Steve for like years, and it just came down to like turtling and poking. So right. I figured I could do the same thing and get away with it. And at first it wasn't working so well until I got a Wallace stage. Then I did that. Um, like the same thing happened to me though when I was playing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did down. I think it's down two one or it's the low hot low mid high. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. I tried to wall standing two right away, and then I got counter hit uh, yeah. for doing it too fast. And then after that, I just every time I tried to punish it, I just do something else like wall standing four or something. Interesting. Um, but I think you know I was up by two rounds. Um, and I was going to win, but like as soon as like, it got to that point, it became ten times harder for me to win because 
I don't, the pressure, I guess yeah. you could say. I don't blame you guys, man. I mean, Evo is the biggest stage you could be on, and you know that's that is a lot of pressure. And one of the hardest things to do is close out a match against any opponent, let alone fucking Nin, Nin. which is just. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, he really is an amazing player. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of the time people are saying, oh, the gap is closing between the U.S. and Korea. Oh, God. That is the most ridiculous mm. statement I've ever heard in my life. Just mm -hmm. because, now that doesn't mean that we can't win a tournament here or there. Right. Yeah, that's a different story. You know, James, you almost beaten in. Uh, Core was able to beat Holman. And there's been uh, Americans who have w beaten Koreans. But that gap is so fucking huge. It's, like, ridiculous. These guys are playing... Eight hours a day with uh, competition, like 50 players at the arcade, all experts. So, you know, huge, huge props to you guys for doing as well as you did. And um, I don't blame you at all for, uh, the, you know, being nervous on that in that situation against that caliber of player. Uh, your, your performances were both stellar. Um, now, the last thing I want to ask, I want to ask you, Rip, before we move on to uh, law-specific uh, stuff, is uh, what's the deal with you making out with the controller? Let's just hear it from the horse's mouth. The deal is, I just want to put some moisture on it. My hands aren't very sweaty, so I just want to put some moisture on it so that I can move around on it a lot easier. Interesting. Okay. I, I, so it has nothing to do with uh, luck or anything? Nothing to do with luck. It's all about uh, friction. <laughs> oh, it's all about friction and moisture. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Okay. Um, well, that's the, I'm sure that clears up a lot for people because a lot of people have been asking about that shit. So. Yeah. Anyway, moving on, I, I'm, I'm curious uh, as to what you guys think, where you guys think Law falls on the tier list because most people will agree that he's at least top five. I've heard people say he's the best in the game. I mean, what do you think, James? Where do you think he falls on the tier list? How good is he? Uh, I think he's pretty high. Uh -huh. Um, I I don't know. After playing like so many different characters, in my opinion, I don't think he's as good as people. I mean, sure he has like counter hit four and stuff like that, but when it comes down to it, he can't track to his left very okay. well. He the only way he can is slow mids. Okay. He doesn't have a fast mid that tracks at all. Interesting. Uh, besides back two, and I believe that's like fifteen or sixteen frames. How much uh, faster than that do you want, man? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, there's plenty of characters with, like, uh, faster tracking moves to their weak side uh, yeah. that, that are mid. Um, that doesn't sound so, like a very weak side if they have faster than 15 frames that tracks to that side. What do you think? Well, okay, okay it's, it's not their weak side, but, I mean, like, for Law, it's a real big handicap. Interesting. Because when you start mm -hmm. the match off, so there's times where I, like, don't even want to attack because I'm like, if I throw out a mid, they're more likely going to have is like back three and you know how slow that is that's pretty slow interesting what do you think about that rip uh i agree with them pretty much i mean i think the reason a lot of people think law is so high is because he is a fairly easy character to use you know you don't really have to use dss to win with law you know they've uh his wall combo you know you just use junkyard on the wall with the dragon tail sweep you know just yeah. the dragon tail by itself you know back two two is an easy bind you know, the combos are simple. He's got down for two to launch people, you know, and the counter four, of course. So, I mean, I think he's just a really easy character to use, but I think to win with, it's it's not as easy as people might think it is. But overall, I, I pretty much agree with James where, you know, he's a, he's very high in the tier list, but he's not, I don't, he, he's probably in the top five, but I, I would say at the bottom of it. Okay, so maybe like around the fifth best, maybe sixth. Yeah. Somewhere around. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with you guys. I mean, there's a big difference to me between an uh, easy-to-use character and a good character, and I think those two things are almost unrelated. So, um, I, in my opinion, he's a very good character with a lot of tools. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, um, what do you think are some of the really, like, unique strengths that Law has? I mean, I'll, I'll start with you, Rip. What do you think are the really unique strengths and things that Law players should really focus on uh, improving in their game? Well, I mean, you know, when it comes to unique stuff, it's only, it's mainly his DSS stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, other than that, I don't think he has any unique strengths. I mean, he doesn't have a fast homing move or anything, you know, that really can lock people down. He's, I mean, he's good. He's a good counter hit character. You know, working your counter hit, uh, hit confirming. You know, while standing one two is, you know, counter hit confirmable. Okay. Back one two two. You know, of course, stuff like down two three, down three plus four three. All you know, all those launchers are counter hits. Then you know, you need to learn to recognize them. Interesting. Uh, other than that, of course, you know. The DSS stuff, um, if you don't master the DSS, you're not going to be able to do the more damaging wall combos, which, yeah. in my opinion, is unnecessary. But, okay. you know, a lot of players stick to it, you know. And um, But, you know, also based off the DSS, you know, you can learn to do the auto-parry stuff out of it. Right. Yeah. And I think it's more of a gimmick, but, you know, obviously a lot of players don't know about it still, and it can catch a lot of people. Interesting. Well, I mean, that you know, that's a serious gimmick if after all this time it's still working at a high level, you know. Right. Yeah. What do you think, James? What are some of the really unique uh, things? Like, in my opinion, doing being able to do a one-two-three out of back turned, or you know, while standing uh, crouch dash mix-ups, uh, like you said, uh, magic four-three stuff like that is really unique that not a lot of characters can do. What do you think, James? What are some of his strengths that uh, you think law players should focus on? Um. Yeah, I think. Uh Definitely his punishing is pretty good. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. His, uh, his 10 frame punisher, 27 damage. You yeah. get really good frame advantage. Okay. Uh, if you go into DSS after. Uh, his negative 11, you get 4 3 um, DSS. Uh, and yeah. some char- there's quite a few characters that have negative 11 that other people can't punish for 30 damage. And that's, that's true. If you actually hit with 4 3 and you go into DSS fast enough and you do poison arrow, they can't sidestep or backdash it. Interesting. Um, yeah, the only thing they can do is duck jab you out of it. But uh-huh. then again, if you go four three on hit, and then DSS four, that'll beat the duck jab and counter hit launch them. Interesting. Um, okay. I'm stealing that strat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually there's a lot of stuff I learned recently. I've been uh, practicing around, and that's yeah. some of it right there. Please I tell got, me, I got, dude. I no, got, don't uh, tell them. <laughs> you guys got, got, got a lot of fans, dude. They all want to hear this shit. <laughs> so let's hear it. Um. So that's that was my major find, like maybe two days ago. Um. But his 14 frame, like the Steve's big uppercut that was negative 14, uh-huh. you know, three three plus four. Okay. Uh, that's down. a good, yeah, good. Uh, it's it's not as damaging as some characters, but it does knock him down for 30 damage, and you have the option of like back roll catching. Of course. Uh, negative 12, three four is one of the strongest and the close to one of the strongest in the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, his wall standing mix-ups, his throw game is really good. Uh, oh, right. Run up to drop. That's yeah. oh my god, so many so many people cannot burn. A throw without a hand animation, basically. Yeah, definitely. Four, three, plus four. Yeah. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, his running three is pretty decent. The hitbox on it's pretty good. Yeah. It's, really, I I don't like the hitbox anymore. I mean, I you feel guys like are assholes. No, 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 no. I mean, no. Here, here it is. I mean, you know, in DR, the hitbox on it is great. I feel like in this game, Bruce's uh, running three has was the one that Law used to have in DR. 
if you, if you, if my match with Devil Jim in the very first round, you know, uh-huh. I do that running three. His back is to the wall. He's ducking and it whips right in his face, you know. But yeah. in DR, that range would have been perfect. Well, that might be an issue with Julia's uh, hitboxes or something, but I couldn't disagree with you more in terms of how long it stays active. Uh, oh no, yeah, Law sure. Slash Kick is active forever. I mean, it feels mm-hmm. like it's over and you can get up and you get up into it. So. Right. I mean, it's really a unique slash kick, and I mean, uh, there, you know, like like James said, and you know, some of the things he has are just really uh, through the roof. Doesn't he have a throw that gives free damage on a floor break? Oh yeah, he has two different ones. Can, yeah, yeah, see, that's like no other characters have that. Which throws are those? It's the uh, the bulldog throw. You know, the down forward one plus two one. Uh huh. Um, when you go into the bulldog, and I think also the two group throw, where and you grab you it go- like and you jump over him. Yeah, you go downstairs and you could get a free back turn down four, right? Depending yeah. on how you hold down during the yeah. throw, whether you don't. <laughs> you, know, you see, man, I'm telling you. you it's guys, a JFJ strat, man. You guys have to talk to James about it. He's James, the one found it. <laughs> i got to give it up to you, James. You Every time I talk to you, first of all, I always love your attitude. You always are, like, telling me about new stuff you've found. Like, it's like this crazy discovery that you've made and you're always so excited so i really like that but secondly the fact that you find some of this shit is just so crazy and the testing you do without the legitimate practice mode is just you know really impressive you're a true a true student of the game and um you know i really uh i like all that stuff i'm always all ears and um yeah is there uh is there anything else coming through the out of coming out of the just frame james laboratory and shit that you've found recently um, well, I got, I got a few more things, but I'm working on it. I don't want you to give all your shit. I'm right? working, yeah, I know, yeah, I gotta hold some back, but okay. yeah, it's kind of, I've been to James's place, sorry James, but I've been to James's place a couple times, you know, he, every time I go there, he shows me something, you know, I'm like, that's pretty good, and like, but I'll say like, but blah, 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 and then he'll show me something else, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's all about the great debate, man, I mean, that's what's so good, you know, just, um, meeting another player that uses the same character as you and just debating about what's good and what's not good. So uh, how about you, Rip? Anything uh, you think is really significant? One thing I wanted to ask, actually, I'm glad I remembered, uh, for the DSS cancel, people are asking me, do you guys just uh, wiggle it back and forth, or is the back forward, back forward really precise? It's actually not even back forward, back forward. It's uh-huh. just back forward, forward. Interesting. Okay. Right. And we are, I, I, at least I am very precise with it. You know, okay. um, I mean... I think to do it the fastest way possible, you have to be precise with it. Okay. Um, basically, um, to do the auto pair, I'll tell you right now, you know, you do the move, you do back forward, uh-huh. and then you time the last forward with their attack. Interesting. So, That's I mean, you have to be precise. You know, you can't just be wiggling it around and hope to auto parry something. Yeah, for sure. What do you think, James? Um, about the parry or the DSS? Yeah, the parry. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's really not that hard to do. You can do like four three four, let them duck the last high, and then just you know back forward and then forward when the move comes up. Yeah, um, so I, you don't wiggle it; you just precisely push it. Yeah, yeah, just back forward and then forward like after the last kick, and it it's it, it's fairly easy. It just takes a little practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, his his parry out of that's really good. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, you're, I, I can smell that you're about to tell me something I don't. <laughs> I, I did, I did want to say. I mean, <laughs> I like, I like to go into his like complicated parry stuff. Go but. ahead. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> okay, so let's say you go four three, right, and they uh-huh. duck it, 
you go DSS, they try to wall standing you. Uh-huh. Uh, you go wall standing punish because you just whiff two highs. Okay. Uh, you back forward, you hit forward. Um, but as you hit forward, you hit one plus two. Okay. Um, and what you're trying to do is if the if the forward misses, you time it wrong and you hit the one plus two, the high attack comes out. Uh huh. The high attack absorbs uh, up to one hit of a punch or a kick. Okay. So if you mess up the first yet. parry window, mm-hmm. yeah. You, if you miss the first parry window, you get the second. You get that one, and it will take a hit and hit him. If you do it at at a precise time, uh oh, um, something's like gonna right happen away. at a precise time. <laughs> <laughs> that was that that strat was so secret that Skype was like, no, we, can't, we cannot allow James to say this. Shit. Right, right when you say precise time, James, you cut out. Uh-huh. So. Tell oh. me the strat again, and Skype, please don't fuck this up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So when you go 4-3, somebody while standing with punishes you. No, not all uh, that shit. Not all okay, 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 okay. Okay, I'll okay. okay, we'll just start from... Um, okay, after you do back forward and you hit forward, right? Uh, and you go 1 plus 2. Right. Uh, if you hit forward and you parry the first window, yeah. the, the forward window, okay. and you hit forward and you parry the kick, right? If you hit 1 plus 2 right away, you... Law has no recovery frames. He instantly recovers. You can do legend kick. You can do uh, um, forward three. You can do anything, and it'll hit from his parry. Okay. Oh, right. I forgot what that's called. It's um, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like a just frame auto parry, basically. So when you do the the auto parry, you have like X amount of frames to input any button, and when you input that button, it cancels out your recovery time. So you can do like you know. Auto parry into straight up legend kick. Yeah, that's not unique at all. You guys are both assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, Law is just like peppered with totally unique, weird things. Like just what James is talking about. I mean, things like uh, counter hit while standing four. You can DSS and get free hits, right? Right. Yeah. But the while standing four gives us better frame advantage. Yeah, I mean, that. you know, and then um, oh, there's so many things he has. Two different types of delayed hop kicks, right? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, forgot about that. <laughs> hey, okay, I'll, I'll just tell him right now. I mean, so the second delayed hop kick, though, it's launch punishable. Okay, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there's so many options. Doesn't it do more damage? It does a lot more damage. Yeah, <laughs> how much damage does it do? Enough damage. A lot, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't um, know. That. You know, they, 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 he has a ton. I can't even remember all of them. Um, let me think. What, like, like I said, back turn uh, one, two, three. That's really unique. Right, and that that's new to this game actually. You know, they gave him the option to do any of his back turn strings, so he could do back turn one, 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 two, two, two. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's it, he's got. In my opinion, he, I mean, obviously everyone knows he has one of the longest move lists in the game, but in my opinion, he's so good at punishing and he's so diverse. You know, both of you guys are like expert level law players, and both of you guys play completely different. I mean, it's night and day. James is extremely aggressive, utilizing tons of different moves and strategies, and just using all these different moves. And Rip, you play a much more solid, uh, turtley style. You're not afraid to let the time run out, and you, you just uh, do what is really solid and focus on what you think is good. And you let the opponent make the mistakes. I mean, the fact that both of you guys are so good with the same character and you have such a completely different style, it kind of shows, in my opinion at least, that the character is very strong in general. I mean, do you guys agree or disagree with that? 
Agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean... And you know, this isn't... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, this isn't something that's new to just Tekken 6 BR either. I mean, Law Players, in, even in Dark Resurrection, Tekken 5.0, it was the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's just I think his DSS dance and the way you use it, you know, really changes people's playstyles a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true, and he's always been a solid character, but in this game, they really made him really good. I mean, the, he has a 12-frame knockdown now, as you mentioned earlier, right? 3-4? Uh, 3-4. Three, four. Three, four. That's really good. He didn't have that before. And um, his down forward two is one of the best in the game. You know, really strong down forward two. And he has so many... Um, I mean, he had this stuff before, but I feel like because of the addition of the bind system, uh, his back roll catches have become way more fearsome, um, you know, with, with Junkyard and all that shit. And I don't know. I mean, he just seems like a, overall, everyone agrees that he's a really strong character. And um, I just wanted to ask before we go, what are, uh, James, you mentioned some of his uh, big weaknesses are tracking to the left, you said, right? Yeah, tracking right. to the left. Yeah. Uh, what, are, what are some of his other weaknesses, and what are some of his really bad matchups? What do you think, James? Um, another weakness is uh, launch punishing from range. He doesn't have a good launch punisher. Like, if somebody does something negative 15 with pushback, mm-hmm. like, he like can't launch Like Lost 2. Exactly. Okay, so in a mirror match, you can't punish another law, huh? Well, you um, get forward 3-4, which well, that's is not, uh, yeah, still that's the knockdown. Not very good, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, and what are, uh, in, in your opinion, James, what are some of the worst matchups for law? Uh, definitely Bruce. Uh, Bruce and Eddie, in my opinion. Interesting, okay. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, Bruce, I would imagine, because of the elbows and knees, right? Because you can't DSS parry a lot and right. that kind of stuff, right? Well, what about exactly. Eddie? What's the problem? Eddie, you can actually parry like his elbows, unlike in DR or uh, yeah, which is stupid. But I don't know why you can, but you can. But uh, Eddie's stances, mm-hmm. uh, it's very hard for Law. I went through I think Eddie's entire move list trying to punish every move he had, mm-hmm. and writing it down on the way to Evo because I I had like I had like <laughs> four I think I had four Eddie players in my pool. Hey, you're <laughs> a smart man, dude. You got mm-hmm. study. Yeah. So I went through his move list, and you can't if he goes and relax back two hits, but it's not a lot of damage. And ninety yeah. percent of the like, I, I would say half half the time actually it whiffs. Uh-oh. Yeah, and, and you know, and I, yeah, you're dead. It's not worth it's not worth even trying. In my opinion, because you die for it. Yeah, I, I was just going to ask you the same question I asked James. Uh, what do you feel like are Law's major weaknesses and a couple really bad matchups? You know, the major weaknesses is, is the same thing. You know, his his tracking, you know, to his left still sucks. It's it sucked forever though, so I think a lot of law players are used to it kinda. Okay. Um other than that, I mean, you know, he's a pretty strong character. He doesn't have a good low out of DSS. You know, so <laughs> if, if a law player ever DSSs on you, you know, you can take the low, you know? I mean there's no reason to duck really. Well he has uh pretty good DSS throws, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, but okay, so even if you do duck, right? Yeah. Um, he's only got like two mids that are going to knock you down, and that's it. Okay, okay. You know, no launch out of DSS. I'll, I'll and, and, that. And, and if you duck too, maybe you're going to duck one of his DSS high moves. Yeah, okay. All right, so, I mean, ducking on DSS isn't a terrible option because the I low see. outfit's super slow and the mids won't really hurt you. Or high crushing. Right, exactly. Okay. Uh, what about um, some bad matchups? Bad matchups, I feel the same way. I feel like Bruce is a bad matchup mainly because of his elbows, but. At the same time, I think once you realize that, you can adjust your game with Law. I think he's versatile enough that you know you can make the matchup a lot better. So I, can agree. I don't think it's truly a bad matchup anymore. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, other than that, I mean, there's not really a matchup that I feel terrible about. I mean, Julia, for me personally, has always been a hard matchup for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I just need to do more homework in the character. Same thing with Eddie. I feel the same way about that. Okay. So I don't know if that's a law weakness or just my weakness. Yeah, but. sometimes it can be pretty hard to differentiate, you know, character weaknesses or if it's a personal issue. But, uh, I mean, Julia makes sense. She's got a lot of elbows and shit, so yeah, uh, it's it's possible. Um, I just remembered, I, I forgot to ask you this earlier, but you like to talk to people, and what did you say to, uh, <laughs> what, what, what are you saying to these people? Are you doing this on purpose to, between matches, are you doing this on purpose to get in their heads, or what's, what's the You thing? know, dude, I, I listen to your commentary, you know, you, oh. you guys would call me out on it a lot. Oh, yeah. And, and the truth is, it's not a strategy. I mean, I, I, I consider myself a somewhat social person, uh-huh. you know, not very antisocial, and so, I mean... Some of the things you guys were just saying were like just so off the mark though, just hilarious. Well, but, um, you know, I'll tell you this: uh, in SoCal, people think that you're it's a strat. I mean, you so blatantly will turn to your opponent and say something that is so <laughs> like unimportant or irrelevant that it has to be a strat. <laughs> For example, Mr. Mm-hmm. Naps told me that. Right. In the in between games, after you beat his Brian, he was right. moving around characters, and you turned towards him and said, "I thought you were a Brian player." And that that's I don't know if this that's is not what I said. That's not what I said. I said I thought Brian was your main. Oh, okay, something like that. <laughs> I mean, think about this, dude. I mean, I don't know if it's true, but what if that potentially pushed him over the edge to not picking Brian? I mean, you know, what, think about here's, it. Here's my thing, though. Okay, so. That, I wouldn't say that was a strat, but uh-huh. I, was, I was getting annoyed at that point. Uh, okay. Right? I mean, it's one thing to take some time, you know, to, you know, to recoup yourself, you know, after a loss in the tournament. But he seemed to be taking a long time, right? He spent a lot of time on King on the character select screen. And then he went to someone else. I don't remember. I think Lars. And then finally, you know, I was sitting there just trying to be patient, you know. And then he goes to Bruce. And I just lost. I was like, I was like, you know, I thought Brian was your main. You know, just pick Brian. Because I thought, I really didn't think he was going to pick another character. Okay. I thought, you know, let's just get this waiting over with, get yeah. back to Brian, let's play this match. You know, and then he still, at that point, he didn't choose. You know, I turned around to one of the Cannon Brothers who was sitting in the back, you know, and I, I yelled at him. I said, is there a time limit for this, oh, you know? that's what you said, huh? Interesting. Yeah, I, was like, I saw him get up. Yeah, yeah, he came up to me. He was going to come, and then right then, like, Jimmy hit the button or something, you know, so I told him to sit back down, you know? Interesting. Because he was taking such a long time, and there was no rule that I knew of, you know? Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Evo has a rule. Right. And uh, I, I just want to clarify, my opinion is, mm-hmm. if that is a strat, that is a fantastic strat. <laughs> I take a Machiavellian approach to winning, and I always think you do whatever you can. Be... Be, do whatever you can as long as you don't break any rules. And if it's a strat, I commend you for being a total dick and <laughs> having a really ruthless strat. And if it's not a strat, then I don't know what to say about that. Okay, you well, here. Too much. I'll, I'll tell you one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. Like, uh-huh. when I was playing Devil Jim, right? Uh-huh. I go up there, I sit down, and he looks at me and he says, one loss scrub for another. This is right after he wow. just beat James. And I was like, really? Like, I just came here to play my match, you know? And wow. he's already talking to me. Whoa, so then, like, hold and then on. He, I, I didn't know about this, dude. Right, Go okay. ahead. And so then, and then the um, you know, he beats me the first match, you know, and then I'm I'm blowing on my control like I usually do, mm-hmm. and he turns to me and he says, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "What?" You know, he's like, "Are you okay?" You keep blowing your controller. I was like, I was like, "All right, man, whatever." This guy's just trying to get in my head, right? Wow. And then then I smash him that next match. You know what I mean? Interesting. And, um, and then I then I look at him and I say, "Are you okay?" That was pretty <laughs> bad. You know? <laughs> oh god. And then I beat him. And then, oh, yeah, then he picked the sheep stage for the final thing. Uh-huh. And I just turned, and I looked at him, and I just said, thank you. And, like, 
And he, he had no idea what I was talking about, so he was wow. like totally like thrown off by it. But like the only reason I said thank you is because um, last year at Evo, you know, every time I got to Sheep Stage, I did really well. Yeah. So uh-huh. like, I'm at Evo, he picked Sheep Stage, you're done. Third game, right? Man. So I beat him the third game, and I said, one Texas scrub for another. Oh. You know? Oh. God. <laughs> Jesus so yeah, it's fun Christ. to talk to your player. You know? oh, it's just uh, competitive. It's all fun in games, right? There's a lot of stuff that happened, apparently. I was 10 feet away from you, and I had no <laughs> idea what yeah. was going on. So that's really crazy, man. I mean, like I said, if that's a strat, uh, mad props to you. <laughs> I, I really like it. I like the Machiavellian approach. And, uh, I mean, we got to wrap things up here. I wish I could talk to you guys all night. But before we go... I'm going to ask both of you. It's a tradition. You guys got to either call someone out, talk some shit to someone or something. And I'll start with you, James. C- I'll call someone a bitch. Uh, damn, I don't know. <laughs> uh, got to do it. I think Rip should go first. Okay, damn. that's acceptable. I thought he was going to Okay, Rip, you go ahead. You got to call someone a bitch. You know, I mean... You bitch. just called some people a bitch right now. <laughs> But other than the people you just called a bitch, who who else are you gonna call out? You know, I mean, there there was this, you know that big thing about Law of America before, uh-huh. and you know, we had that talk in the car ride home from Super NorCal Regionals that basically told me that that doesn't matter, you know, and like I'm pretty much over that completely. Okay. So I mean, originally here I would usually yell out the New York law players' names, you know, uh-huh. and you know, call them a bitch, but you know I, I truly do not care anymore. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, they're all solid players too, and uh, you technically just weaseled your way out of uh, not calling anyone a bitch, and uh, I, I don't like that. But uh, James, it's your turn. Who do you who are you gonna call a bitch? Uh... Jesus, that was a serious <laughs> side. <laughs> okay, I, I I don't know. I get the, I have no nothing against anyone. Oh, I got it. I but, got one. Uh, okay, I, Rip, go ahead. I, I, damn. <laughs> Think about it a little bit longer, James. I'm going to call Tim a bitch. Because oh. Tim. Oh. Okay. Because Tech and Tim, or a Filipino bus driver, if you don't know him. Go ahead. Right. Just because before Evolution, we were outside of Super Arcade, uh-huh. and he was calling SoCal the weakest region in the nation. Okay. You know, and he was saying that no one from SoCal was going to make top five, and so I bet him <laughs> on it, you know. Oh. And, you know, and me and James both pulled through, you know what I mean? And above Texas, by the way. So, I you know, like it. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm going to Good job with that, Rip. And now, James, you got like two seconds. Let's hear it. <gasps> okay. <laughs> Tight. Well, you just fucked up, and now you can't call anyone a bitch. So, anyway, thank you guys for uh, coming on the show. I, I had a great time. I uh, learned a lot about the character, and uh, I didn't even know any of this drama that happened uh, during Top 8. So I really appreciate you guys both coming on. And uh, good luck at future tournaments and all that shit. And we'll see you guys soon, all right? Thank you guys so much. Yeah, see you guys. All right. Take it easy, guys. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I usually am supposed to say all kinds of shit at the end of the show about websites and emails and stuff, but I'm getting tired, so I don't give a shit. Level up your game. Coming soon. Oh, oh, okay, all right. You're still there, huh, Rip? Yeah, I guess I didn't disconnect. <laughs> Tight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, level up your game. Coming soon. Uh, Namco versus Capcom. Oh, yeah. Everybody listening, Harada and Michael Murray, dude. They're going to be on avoiding the puddle. Is that fucking crazy or what? So s- stay tuned. Uh, Michael Murray is going to be on. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, thank you guys again. We'll catch you guys later.